0: Right. In John chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. okay, as we go through this, continue in our series, I want you to keep that in mind. And I've been praying about this sermon. And it's one of those sermons where you might have to tuck your toes underneath your chair uh, because they're going to get stepped on most likely in this sermon. But I think it's also an encouragement. To each one of us, okay? And that kind of lays the foundation. In John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it says this. Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, there was a pool in which in Aramaic was called Bethesda. And which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. This morning, I want to continue our series, How Big Is Your God? And in this series, we've been looking at some amazing people, some really amazing people. We started off with Joseph, right? And then we talked about Moses, and we talked about Joshua and Caleb and and these incredible men of God. And I've been challenging you throughout this series to move, I keep going to this one spot, from bondage, right? Where are you in bondage? What, what is holding you back? We talked about being in bondage in Egypt, but our goal was to move from bondage and whatever was holding us back, make a goal, whether it's anxiety or fear or some addiction or whatever it might be, whatever is holding you back from getting to the promised land, all right, and moving to the promised land. And so last week I talked about getting knocked down, how we get knocked down. We go from here. God says, I want you to move from your bondage to the promised land. And as we go along, we face giants and obstacles and we get knocked down. And I said, you need to get back up regardless of what obstacles you're facing. You need to get back up when you get knocked down. But then that challenge begs the question, this is where we need to tuck our feet a little bit. That challenge begs the question, when I say get back up, the question, do you want to get back up? Do you actually want to reach the promised land? Do you actually want to overcome the challenges that you face? Now, in John chapter 5 and verse 6, the next verse, in in the verse I just read, Jesus says, he asked a similar question. To the person who is in that situation for 38 years. He asked this question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? It's amazing. He asked that question. The man in our story again is, is whatever disabled if you will for 38 years now this man spent a lot of his time by the pool of Bethesda with a lot of other people who were in similar situations and uh, people would say they would just say that every once in a while an angel would come and disturb the waters of the, the pool of Bethesda and if you could be the first one in after the angel disturbed the waters then you would get healed and that's, how, that's, that's why they were hanging around this area so here's the thing. Jesus has the power to heal this man. Jesus has the power to heal all of these people. But first, in this man's situation, Jesus wanted to know, was he willing to risk, if you will, the possibility of transformation? Did he truly want to live a different life than he was living? That was Jesus' question. And it's the same question that he's asking every single one of us today. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to move from bondage to the promised land? Do you really want that in your life? Because I've been, over the last, what, couple of months, we've been talking about, like I said, Caleb and Joshua, and we talked about Joseph and and what he had to get through just to be put in that position in Egypt, then Moses and confronting Pharaoh and all the things that we've talked about. And we've said we were kind of drawing from their experiences and trying to apply their experiences to our lives and to help us go from bondage to the promised land. But the question that we have to answer this morning is, do we truly want to move do we truly want to get well that's what jesus was asking this man are you willing to risk the possibility of transformation because jesus can certainly heal god can certainly heal but the deeper question that jesus was asking this man and that he's asking all of us is do you really want to change that's what he's saying do you want to get well? Do you really, if, when, it, when it really comes down to it, do you really want to change? In the context, again, of our series, do you really want to move from bondage to the promised land? That's the question we need to answer this morning. Because last week I got up and I kind of shared and I try to encourage and, and motivate and inspire us and talk about we need to get back up. We need to get back up. But as I was writing this series, I knew at some point I had to ask this question. Do we really want to achieve? Do we really want to achieve the goals that we laid out a few months ago when you said, I need to to overcome my anger? I have anger issues. I really need to overcome my anger issues. So now the question this morning you really have to wrestle with is, do I really, really Do I truly want to overcome my anger anger issues? Do I really want to move from bondage and that anger issue to the promised land where God can really impact my life? If we're content to stay where we are, if... If for, for some of us, present pain, remember I said this a few weeks ago, present pain is better than an unknown future. If for some of us, present pain is better than an unknown future. If we have, if we're too afraid to go from here to move forward because our present pain where we are, we may not like it, but it's better than the alternative. I don't really know what's going to happen if I step out in faith. I'm not really sure what, what God is going to ask me to do, what God's going to expect me to do. If present pain for some of us is better than an unknown future then we're not going to see change in our lives. We're not really going to see that kind of healing in our lives. The promised land just becomes a fleeting thought. It's cool to talk about it on Sunday morning. I like your stories. I tell some stories. That story about Joseph was awesome. That story about Moses was awesome. I like the stories. But the question we really need to face is, do we really want to see that kind of change in our lives? And, And if we're comfortable where we are, then the answer to the question is no. See, Jesus wants us to walk... This journey and he wants to walk this journey with us. He's willing to take every step of the of the road with us. But first, we need to be open to the power of God working in our lives. We need to be open to that. We need to we need to submit ourselves to God's will. We need to submit ourselves to to his will in our lives, what he wants to do in our lives. And that's kind of scary. And you you think, what are you talking about? Most people don't want to be where they are. It's just given the opportunity. You know what I found over the last 30 some odd years of ministry? That's not true. In in many, many cases, that's not true. Given the opportunity, people don't move. People don't change. So we need to sit back this morning and really do some soul searching and ask the question, do I really want to change? Do I want to see this change? And here's the thing. This is really difficult as well. You need to consider the cost of that change in your life. If, you, if you're going to leave the, from the bondage that you're in right now and you're going to make it to the promised land, you have to count the cost. What is it going to cost you? you know a lot of times in, in, as pastors we don't want to we don't want to make people think about those questions we just want them to go and you know figure it out along the way i would rather you i'd rather honestly we count the cost and we talked about this in the very very beginning but we're going to talk about it again here now as we come to the end of this series got a couple more weeks but i want you to be thinking about what is the cost of moving on we need to look in the mirror this morning and ask ourselves i need to ask myself jeff green needs to ask himself do i want to change. Do I want to truly grow? Do I want to get well? Jesus is asking the question to me personally, Jeff, do you want to get well? He's asking all of you, do you want to get well? Do you want to overcome that habit? Do you want to overcome that addiction? Do you want to overcome the life that you've been living? He can do it. There's no question there. The question is, do you want it? Do you want it? See, if we don't have the desire to move forward, God is not going to force change on our lives. If there's no desire in your heart, and only you can answer this question. No one can answer. I don't care. The closest person to you cannot answer this question. Only you can answer the question, do I really want to change? Because God is not going to force change on you. He will be there every step of the way. He will, through His supernatural power, the power of His resurrection is the power of the Holy Spirit. He can change you. But the question we need to ask ourselves is do I, really, do I really want to change? See, people say all the time, oh, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. They'll say, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to overcome my sin. I want to be able to, oh, I want to overcome my, my weaknesses. But then they refuse to do what's necessary in order to overcome those, those sins and those weaknesses. And those addictions, God's saying, I have the power, I can do this in your life. And people say, I want this. If you ask anyone, if was, and most people in a situation, 90% of people, you say, do you want to move from here to here? And they say, of course, of course they do. Of course. But in their heart of hearts, do they really? Do I really? Do you really? Do we really want to do what God is asking us to do? If we don't want to move forward, like I said, God is not, Jesus is not going to push us to do it. People say, they, they, they say things like, you know, we, 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 we sing about these things and we, we read about these things. And people say, I want to soar on wings like eagles. But you know what? Sometimes I've noticed that people are just as, as content to wallow in the, in the dust. As soar on wings like eagles. They're just as content to wallow in where they are. In order to move from bondage to the promised land, Jesus is asking us a question. Do you want to be healed? You want to soar in wings like eagles? I can bring that about. But you cannot be comfortable wallowing in the dust. I said it last week and I'll say it again. You and I have to get up. We have to be willing to get up, regardless of what this world has thrown at us, regardless of what we've been through. We need to get up. And the people in the video that we saw earlier, they are not not going to let the world. They They refused to let the world hold them back. They are soaring like eagles, missing limbs. People, people in, in, the, in the Olympics, if you will, people in the Paralympics, and, and, and even in, in situations where they're with it, do you see what they were doing with what they've been, with, with what the situation they're facing in their lives? They're saying, you know what, this is not my situation, is not who I am. I'm not going to be held back by my past or things that have been inflicted upon me. I'm not going to be held back by those things. And they stand up. And they soar on wings like eagles. Most people say they they want to reach their full potential. Most people say, man, I want to yes, I want to go from bondage. I want to go to the promised land. Most people say they want that. But then life happens. You know how, you know, you know that? Life happens. You say yes. I have all this potential. I want to reach my full potential. But then you start going. We talked about it last week. Then you move from bondage, and you start going through, and there's giants and there's obstacles and there's everything in your way. And you say you want to reach your full potential, but when those things become, become become obstacles, when you have to really truly face a giant, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you start to you start to give in, if you will. You you, you start to A good word is settle. You start to settle for second best, for God's, not God's best in your life, not your full potential, not what God has created you and designed you to do. You start to settle. And even, even in those situations, you start to give up. You give up. Instead of getting up when you're feeling like you're being overwhelmed, when you feel like life has thrown all kinds, instead of getting up and continuing to move forward and do what God has called us to do, and the strength that he has given us, instead of moving forward and getting up, we end up giving up. People think sometimes, man, all the cards are stacked. I hear this, you know, that's not fair. I was dealt the wrong hand. All the cards are stacked against me. That's why. This is why. I was all the all the cards have been stacked against me, and they sl- they slowly allow their dreams. They slowly allow their goals to fade. They start to move, and they start to. And all of a sudden, the pressure. The pressure. You're you're pushing against the pressure, and the pressure becomes overwhelming. And instead of drawing on God's power, your dreams, your goals. Your aspirations, the vision that God has given you, it begins to fade a little more and a little more and a little more. Here's another issue. Another issue. People like their sin. See, that's not right to say because, you know, oh, no, who likes their sin? No, that's, that's not true. People are, they, they are, find themselves in bondage because they like their sin. They actually like what the world has to offer. You get out there and you're thinking, hey, are you experienced all these things? And so you kind of begin to like your sin and that you need that crutch. After a while, you need that crutch. You need the, the, the addiction. It's, it's, a, it's become a conscious choice. And you have no desire for real change. Now, again, if someone asks you, well, look where you are right now. You put yourself in a situation. You've gotten yourself in this situation. Don't you want to change? And you go, yeah, sure, I want to change. Yeah, I want to change. But in your heart of hearts, when you're all by yourself, sitting alone in your own bed at night, okay, and God is speaking to your heart, the real answer to the question of Jesus asking you, do you want to get well? The answer is no. I really don't want to change. I don't... I don't want to change because I want, honestly, if we're being honest, I want what this world has to offer. See, God offers us peace and joy and contentment. God, God offers us an abundant life, the Bible says. God, God offers us the opportunity to, to, for a life of adventure and transformation. I, I love being a Christian. You know why I love being a Christian? Because God saved me. Yes, God saved me. I'm going to heaven. Yep, know that. But you know why else I love being a Christian? Because I know the person I am today. If you've known me for, I don't know how long maybe you've known me for. I've been in Cincinnati since 1991. The person that is standing up here this morning is not the person you met in 1991 or in 2001 or in 2010. I I have been transformed by the power of my living God. God can transform my life. God does transform my life. And it's so exciting to know, man, I got some other things I really need to work on. And I, I, I laid out a few of them last week. I need to, I love to work. God, I'd like you to work in this area of my life, and this area of my life. And to know that I will accomplish what he has for me. I will overcome my weaknesses. I will overcome my sins. It is a fantastic thing to be a follower of Jesus Christ, knowing that the power of God, the power of God is flowing through your veins, can help you achieve whatever he's called you to do. But we need we 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 may we we may not have that mindset. Some of them, some people may not have that mindset. They may have something different in mind. They they may have a different idea of happiness, right? A different idea of success. The world's idea of success. The world's idea of happiness. Just because, just because what I just shared with you, just because we can say it on a Sunday morning, doesn't mean that people always live it out throughout the week. They have a different idea. They don't want to give up what they have in the world. They want it. They don't want to admit it, but they want it. And so their idea of success and their idea of happiness, which they will soon find out, is only an illusion. Their idea of happiness is different than what God is offering. Jesus asked a simple question, didn't he? Simple question. Or maybe it's not so simple as it seems. He walks over to a pool and sees these people and asks a simple question. But wait, we take a step back and say, maybe, maybe, maybe the question is more profound. Maybe it's not as simple as it seems. See, in my experience, most people, if they were honest, would say no to his to his question. Do you want to get well And the answer in most cases in this world would be no, I don't. See, we need to give you and I, we, as believers in Jesus Christ, we, as, as a body of Christ here, need to give some intense thought to this question that he's asking. We need to honestly, and this, this is where you can't ask your, 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 your mentor, you can't ask your disciple, you, you can't ask your pastor. You really can only ask yourself. This is a question that we all need to individually answer between us and God. Do you want to get well? That's an intense question that every single one of us needs to come to grips with this morning. And before we say yes, we need to consider the reality of how we're living our lives. We need to process through how we're truly living our lives. Are you willing to be healed? Listen, are you willing to be healed on God's terms? Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to trust him without trying to control the outcome? Are you willing to say, God, I need to change and I need you to change me. It's only through your power that I can truly be transformed. Are you willing to trust him without trying to control, take control of the outcome? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing? Am I willing? Am I willing? Are you willing to give up the life you are choosing to live right now? Are you willing to give up the decisions you're choosing to make right now? Stop and hear me out. I love you with all my heart. Okay, so this is not an aggressive condemnation or. Are you, are you willing to stop making the decisions you're making right now? Stop blaming everyone else for the choices that you're making in your life right now that are causing the, the, the difficulty and the challenge that you're facing. This is your, some of these are your choices. I know some of us have gone through horrible things in the past. That's not what I'm talking about. People have inflicted things upon us. I'm talking about sometimes our own life choices, our own life decisions. Are you willing to stop blaming someone else and take the and just stand up and say, yes, these have been my choices. These have been my decisions and I'm choosing. I am willing not to make those choices anymore. I'm willing to give it over to God and trust him with my life. What Jesus is offering this man is a new life. Listen, a new life. He's saying, do you want to get well? This is going to be a whole new life for you. Do you, do you is the whole new way of thinking. He's going to have to change his way of thinking. Some of us have to change our way of thinking. Do we want to move from bondage to the promised land? And if the answer is yes, you're going to have to change. God, God is offering you a new life. He's saying you're going to have to think a different way. You're going to have to live a different way. You're going to have to behave and do things in a different way. See, what Jesus was offering was the gospel. He was offering the gospel. He was offering a transformed life. This person's life would be transformed. He's offering us a transformed life on this earth, and eternal life in heaven. But he's asking the question first, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? If you really want to be healed, then you need to submit to his plan and his purpose for your life. If I, if I really want to be transformed, I need to submit myself, a conscious, thoughtful submission to God's purpose and his plan for my life. And where do you find that purpose and plan? You find it in the word of God. You find it through his Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. You're not going to find it out there in all those other things that are going on. Jesus said to this man, he said, get up and walk. Here it is again, get up. For some of us, it's get back up. And for some, it is get up, wake up, wake up. It doesn't matter what hand that you've been dealt. That's not the point. I was thinking about this as I was writing this sermon. I, it, I remember statistically when I was going up in New York with my mom, I, was, I had my mom, parents were divorced. She worked, left me alone as a latchkey kid. Okay? I was alone all the time. She was a great mom. She worked hard to make sure that we survived. Okay, but statistically, there was only one group of people who were worse off than me that should have ended up either dead or in jail. And that was people who who had moms who alone that didn't work. Statistically, at that point, that's what it was. If if you had a single mom and she didn't work, you were worse off. But but I I should have ended up, why did I not end up in that position? Because when God asked me the question, do you want to get well? I answered, yes, I do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the hand that you were dealt. Get up and walk on the path that God has laid out for you. I, man, I wish I could fix what's going on in your life. But if I can't, if no one can fix it right now, you still have to get up, get back up and walk the life that God has called you to walk. Walk the path that God has laid out for you. Sound, that sounds easy enough, right? Well, it may, may not be easy, but it's right. But once you reflect on what it means, think again, I'm going to come back, once you reflect, you start reflecting, I say that and you say, yes, that's what I want. But once you start reflecting on what that means for your everyday life, once people start reflecting on what that actually means for their everyday life, most people, again, would reject his offer. So many people would still reject his offer. Jeremiah 6, I've read this before, but I've, I left out a couple of verses at the end. Jeremiah 6, 16 and 17 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask for where the good way is. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said we will not walk in it. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. We will not listen. I offer, I have it for you. It's right here. Come and get it. But we will not walk in it. We will not listen. Jesus wants to help you reach your goals. He wants, to help, he wants to help me reach my goals. He wants to help you reach your goals. But that is not going to happen if we will not listen to him. If we start to listen to all the voices around us. You're in, some of you are in college, right? You're back from college. Let me ask you a question. After one or two years of college, <laughs> which voice dictates your perspectives now? What, voice your, what voices dictate your perspectives on life? He left a couple years ago can kind of guess what voice was dictating the direction of your life. Now, ask yourself the same question. What voice dictates, what voices dictate the direction of my life? I want you to think about something else, okay? I want you to think about this. Why didn't Jesus just walk over to the pool and just heal all these people, Right. You see them. They're there. They're all laying around and everything. And, you you know, you'd walk over and you'd go, wow, that's why didn't Jesus. I don't understand. Why didn't Jesus just walk over and heal all those people? Why would Jesus walk up to a man who's laying there and ask the politically incorrect question? Do you want to get well? That's not the that's not the right question. Right? In our world, how can you even ask that of someone in that situation? Why would you even ask people those kinds of questions? Of course, the answer is this man could have come back with some sarcastic comment like, duh. Right? Do you want to get well? Duh. I'm laying here, aren't I? Are you kidding me? Of course, of course, I want to get well. That's that's ridiculous. The answer is not as obvious, though, as it might seem. And Jesus wanted to know, do you want to live a different life? Do you want to get well or not? That was the question he asks. Now you may be thinking, who in their right mind wouldn't, what kind of question is that? Who in their right mind wouldn't want to get well, wouldn't want to overcome, and then move on? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people... A lot of, a lot, a lot of people. Maybe, maybe, maybe this man had 38 years. Think about it, 38 years. He was in that position for 38 years. Maybe this man lost all hope. After 38 years? By the pool, whatever, doing your thing. Maybe he lost all hope. Listen, listen to me. Maybe he thought the life he was living was the only life that he deserved. Maybe when he was younger, that's what he was told. The life you're living now, the life you're choosing to live now is the only life that you deserve. And I'm going to bring this home. Maybe some of you are living the life you're living right now. Maybe some of you are constantly making the poor poor choices over and over again because in your heart of hearts, and you need to go before the Lord on this one, you think this is the only life that you deserve. It, It hurts my heart to think about it. You, you keep making the same decisions in your life over and over again because you believe this is the only life that you deserve. Who, who told you that? You don't know. Jesus is asking a, legi- He's asking a question. He's asking this question. Maybe, maybe this person didn't want to take responsibility for a healthy life. Like, what are you talking about? I'll get there in a second. He didn't want to take responsibility for a healthy life. Maybe this is the only life this guy for 38 years knew. And at least present pain is better than an unknown future. At least I'm, I've got an income. I sit there, I hold my hand up, right? I'm on the ground, I hold my hand up, people put money in my hand. This is, this is, the, only, this is the only life I know. Believe it or not, I, you know, believe it or not in this world, people have often settled where they are. They, they choose to settle for that. See, overcoming obstacles, overcoming obstacles, I'm talking about, you know, we start, we start here in bondage and then we're going to move forward, we're going to face giants and we're going to overcome obstacles. But overcoming obstacles and facing giants is hard work and some people would rather someone else do the hard work. They'd rather someone else take the risk. They'd rather someone else deal with all the details of that kind of life. That, that's too much. Do you want to get well? It's a legitimate question. Jesus was asking a legitimate question. <laughs> being well takes responsibility. Takes more responsibility. A healthy life, being well will take you more responsibility. Being well will, will, will have more accountability. Accountability. When I'm well, when I'm living that way, I, ha- I can't. I have no more excuses. I'm going to try to live the life that God has called me to. That takes more responsibility on your part. That takes more accountability on my part. Then here's the thing, the man did not answer the question directly. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And what he said was, he didn't say yes. He didn't say, boom, yes. What are you talking about? Of course. What he said was, there's no one here to help me. And then he said, well, people, people beat me into the water. I, mean, I, I, I try to get into the water, but they always beat me into the water, and so I don't get there. And I don't want to go into great detail, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think we all give reasons for why we sometimes give up. I do, you do, we all do. We all give reasons why we give up. I don't have the, I don't have the help. I had, if I had more help, then I'd be able to. They beat me to it. In business or in school or whatever. They they beat you to it. Someone beat you to it. Right? You weren't born into the right family. If you were only born into the right... They were born into the right family. Someone stole your idea. Someone did something. And so we have these reasons and we have these excuses and we have these whatever you want to call them for reasons why... We choose not to get up and keep moving forward. God wants us. Here's the thing. God loves us so much and he understands that we have faced challenges. He understands what people have done to us in the past. He understands the the families that we've been born. He understands all that. But God is saying to each one of us, you need to get up and walk. You need to get up. You need to continue to walk forward in the power of God. You need to continue to live for him. You need to live for him. You need to walk in his light and you need to start living for him. In this man's case, the story ends well. The man did want to get well. He really did. He wanted to get well. But he knew something. He knew. He, he acknowledged he, God, Jesus knew his heart. And this man wanted to get well, but he said, I can't do it. He realized, I can't do it on my own. But is that really any different from, 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 from Joseph? Right? Joseph knew that he couldn't do. He, Joseph couldn't overcome what his brothers did to him, and what Potiphar's wife did to him, and then what he was when he was in prison. He couldn't overcome those things on his own. He knew that, and he knew it was only through the power of God that he could get where he needed to be, where he could go from bondage to the Promised Land, if you will. Moses knew that. Moses couldn't take on Pharaoh by himself. He knew that it was only through the power of God that he could take on Pharaoh. Caleb said, let me go up there and and, and attack those mountains up where the giants live. But we read this a couple of different times in the past couple of weeks. Caleb said, it has to be through the power of God. In God's power, I can do that. Joshua couldn't fight the battle of Jericho on his own or any other battle. He knew that he needed a God just like this man. Same thing he knew that he needed the help. Jesus knew his heart, see? And so Jesus cut through it all and he said, stand up, take your mat, and walk. Stand up, take your mat, and walk. Jesus is asking us, he's asking each one of us, do you want to get well? Do you want to go from bondage to the promised land? Do you want to overcome the, 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 the addictions in your life? Do you want to overcome the sins in your life? Do you want to overcome the weaknesses in your life? He's asking a legitimate question and he's asking it to every single one of us. If we are going to walk the path that God has for us, if 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 we are truly going to reach the promised land, We need to be open to the changes that God wants to make in our lives. We need to submit to God's work in our lives. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you haven't achieved the goals that you laid out, the dreams that you have for your life because you're not ready. Maybe because you're not ready. And maybe you're not ready because you refuse to change. You say, well, I don't understand where I'm. I'm not disappointed. this point in my life. Maybe you're not ready to be where you truly want to be. And maybe the reason that you're not ready is because you refuse to change. Listen, if you're not going to change, don't expect your life to change. Let me say that again. If you are not if I, if Jeff Greer is not going to change, if he refuses to change, then I should not expect my life to change. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want to ask that question again. Do you want to get well? Do you want to change? If your answer this morning is yes, then while we take communion, I want you, some of you, whoever it is, I don't know who the Holy Spirit's speaking to. If that's you, I want you to come up front for prayer. If you truly this morning say, you know what, I'm tired of where I'm live where I am in my life right now, and I am willing. I've never really asked myself that question. I just assumed, but you know what? Now that Jesus has asked this question directly of me, I need to be honest. And this morning's the first day, the first time I really can be honest and say, I haven't wanted to, but now I do. Now I want to change. And if that's you, then I want you to come forward. We're going to have people up here and they can pray for you. As we go into communion, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23, after I read, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, you can get up and go to the back. You can take communion. You don't have to wait for anybody else. As the Holy Spirit leads you, after I pray, go up and take the, cu- go take the cup and the bread, and you can sit back down. For some of you, you can wait till after you take communion, or you know what? You don't have to wait at all. You just come forward, and we're going to have people that are going to pray for you. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says everything, I'm sorry, back up a little bit. This has been a challenging series for every single one of us, all of us. Pray, dear God, that you would move in our hearts as we as we focus our attention on your son, Jesus Christ, as we remember what you did on the cross for us. We thank you for your body that was given for us. That we could have a relationship with you, your body, which was sacrificed for us. And Lord, we pray this morning that maybe for the first time that we start to truly offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. That we answer the question, do we want to get well? For the, maybe for the first time, an honest answer of yes, we do. Not, not in the past, Lord. We may not have wanted to in the past. We may not have really thought about it. But this morning, now that we've thought about it, we want to answer yes. You've offered up your body as a living sacrifice. And we want to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. May this be our spiritual act of worship this morning. Father, we thank you for your, this cup which represents your blood, which was shed for us, covers over all of our sin. When we ask you to come into our lives, and because of that, we can enter into the Holy of Holies. We can enter into the very presence of God the Father and make our requests. You love us. You give us access to yourself. There's nothing that we cannot accomplish through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his shed blood. And we thank you for that. And we ask, dear God, that we would not leave this place without doing some soul searching, without recognizing the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and what that means in our lives. May we leave here today, transform people with new hope because of what you've done on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. I want, to, I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. I want to encourage you not to be afraid, to overcome your fear. And if God is telling you to, to rise up, if God is telling you to get up and come up here for prayer, you need to do that. You need to get up. You need to rise up. You need to make that decision this morning that you're not going to leave here in the same bondage that when you came in. That you're going to say to Jesus' question, do, I want to, do you want to get well? You're going to say yes to that question. There are people here who are going to pray with you. I want to give you just another minute. It's time to get well. It's time to move forward in the power of the resurrection strength of Jesus. I'll do it a thousand times I'll do it a thousand times again I'll rise up High like the waves I'll rise up In spite of the air i eyes rise up and I'll do it a thousand times I'll do it right now again Yeah, yeah, yeah For you For you We thank you for your, your strength. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your healing touch. We pray to your God that no one would leave here this morning who doesn't feel complete in you. After the service is over, Lord, we want to remain up here to allow people to share their hearts to break the bonds that have been holding them back so that they can reach the promised land and fulfill all that you have for their lives. Your purpose, your goals, your vision, your dreams. We will no longer, we will no longer stay down, but we will rise up. We will stand up. We will get up and live for you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, Amen. Have a great week.